Hello, this is Chris Cusso. I'm a writer and content creator at trustyhenchman.com. Oh, hi, and I'm Nicole Lamb. I'm a former comic uh, retail manager and currently uh, living my life of retirement. Yes, and uh, this is our podcast, uh, We Should Write This Down. And uh, how have you been doing, Nicole? I've been an okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think we're still we're still kind of like waking up a bit. Although you're on coffee number three. Yeah, that doesn't mean I'm awake. That probably means that I'm not awake. <laughs> <laughs> that you're even deader than me. Okay, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Uh, so what you been up to? Drinking that coffee. That's right. <laughs> I, that that perfectly timed sip of coffee <laughs> to interrupt the flow. We just started. We're not even a minute in. I'm doing great. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, I ain't got no flow. Yeah, no. Apparently, since I'm uh, 37 years old, I just like to read um, stories about gay men. Yeah. I don't know why. Mm -hmm. uh, I was just thinking about that before we got on here because I never was really interested in reading specifically boys love or uh, gay romance or gay erotica or anything like that. Mm -hmm. uh, and I didn't really understand why... Like, grown women were so obsessed with that. It turns out that, like, high school women are also obsessed with that. So, but I don't know. It seemed like it uh, eluded me for a little while there. Mm -hmm. But now it seems like it's a good chunk of my reading. Like, my stack this week includes two gay romance stories for sure. <laughs> so, I've mostly just been reading, continuing my house projects, um, playing Animal Crossing, Again, because uh, I haven't pumped enough hours into that game, clearly. Mm -hmm. You got to pump it harder. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's right. And uh, I've also, uh, the other day, watched uh, Hasbro Con, Pulse Con. Hasbro mm -hmm. Pulse Con. <laughs> By Sci-Fi Con, whatever. Yeah, it's a lot of joke. weird words together. Um, yeah. <clears throat> we were watching, uh, my husband and I were watching it while... We were putting together diorama pieces because he bought nice. um, he bought these printouts from somebody called like Insta Print Diorama or something like that. Mm -hmm. And uh, they're really nice looking, and I love miniatures. I'm obsessed with miniatures, so it's like they they have these little paint out these little printouts for like uh, paint paint cans and little boxes and barrels and i was like yes let me put those together nice. and i was even just going on the paint can like okay how do i want to make the paint drips look and what color do i want to do like i was really obsessed with the paint <laughs> can i'm like i don't actually know how many that william will use for these but uh i'm gonna paint all of them <laughs> what what kind of mini props would you want that you haven't found yet hmm. like what what additional kind of things would be perfect for you I think when I come across it, I like miniature food a lot. Ooh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. yeah. And mm -hmm. I think I'd like to try my hand at doing that at some point. You know, maybe using resin and polymer clay, but uh, I'm not quite to that crafting status yet. Part of, mm -hmm. part of our huge house project of 2020 is to get our house in order so that we can do, we can participate in like the seven hobbies that we have in life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> I just created a toy fan fiction. Ooh. And it's it's based off of this this uh uh miniature stuff and then behind you the listeners can't see this cuz yeah. Um but there's a giant Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yes, it's the dinosaur. Would, 
Yes, I would love it if there was a line of superposable dinosaur toys that came with um, miniatures so that you can dress them up. <laughs> so you can make like business Tyrannosaurus and accountant Triceratops and uh, uh, homemaker Dilophosaurus and all these different things and then so like it, there would be clothing but also you know all these great little miniatures that are dinosaur scaled okay and i'm making that yes also yes, yes, yes. uh extreme sets who you and i have talked about they make these cardboard cutout dioramas that are really cool mm -hmm. they have started making little miniatures there is a miniature calculator and a miniature clipboard that will go Ooh. perfectly for my accountant and business business person i don't know if they need a clipboard but... business dilophosaurus yes 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 yeah i want a pocket protector for for that accountant uh, oh, uh i could so do that yes yes pterodactyl um oh this is yeah. adorable this is a thing that we need to take the hasbro and get made so that we can make money that's right. That's right. To buy more Hasbro toys. That's right. Because Hasbro <laughs> keeps taking all of our money. <laughs> yes. So what what in particular did you see at Hascon? That has Labon Con, whatever. Lasbagraf Lab Uh yeah. well personally, so not not just what um what my hus is collecting, but personally they're coming out with the um the Spider-Verse figures. They're coming out oh, with like an animated yeah. Miles. He looks really good. They're coming out with a, a Gwen, not a Gwenpool. They're coming out with a Spider-Gwen, but she yeah. looks very similar to the one I've already gotten. They just have the head mold, but it comes with that stupid Peter Porker and now I have to buy it. Oh, you have to get it. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, oh, I could pass on that easy. And then they were like, and this accessory. And I was like, damn you. Like they knew that too. They were like, people don't really want to buy this. It's too familiar. They're not going to buy it just for the head. So we're just going to put in a pig and call it good. Yeah, 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 yeah. How about the uh, silk? I saw that one. She looked pretty good. Yeah. Do you know what that silk is from? Because that's not her original costume, is it? It's like an oh, I'd have I have to go look. I yeah, I'd have remember. to look too because we have a silk. We bought one a while ago, but this seems to be some alternate costume. And hmm. I never read that full series, and I haven't really followed where she's may have popped up in comics. So I'm not. I'm not quite sure what that costume is. So I'm not like, oh, I have to get that. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. I imagine though you're pretty, both of you are pretty excited about the Build-A-Figure Mr. Fix-It. Yes. We're, yes. We're, it, we were curious about why he wasn't pinstripe, but then like William came up with like, it's probably going to look weird with articulation because the lines won't yeah. match up and everything. Yeah. So they probably had to go with a plain suit, but he looks really good. He so yeah. Really so good. what, what my husband bought already. Because, by the way, the Spider-Verse ones are not... I didn't see them online yet, and they haven't mm. announced the full line, mm -hmm. but they're still scheduled for December, I think. Okay. So we might see those go up in the next month. I don't know. But mm. what uh, William lost his mind, like, the way that people respond to sports, you know how people will scream like, yes, yes, yes. yes. Uh, that's how my husband <laughs> reacted to Jocasta. Oh, okay. She's okay. on his list. He's wanted Jocasta for a while, and he even put up a Vision and Scarlet on one of our displays and was, like, saving space for her. Ah, okay. Even though, like, she hadn't been announced, he just is like, they've got to make a Jocasta figure. And what's <laughs> stupid about that whole thing is they had it all on Hasbro Pulse, 
And they were putting it up eventually. Like, we did it right after the, the Marvel panel. We went online and got a bunch of stuff. But I guess he hadn't seen that that was up yet. Mm. So he went back, like, a couple hours later, because we were working on the dioramas, and saw that everyone in that line was still available except for Jocasta on Pulse. Uh. And he was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> and so he went to, he thankfully was able to go to Big Bad Toy Store and get her by, by gotcha. herself. But it was, but he was like... I'm so confused. Like, do people really care about Jocasta like that much that she would sell out? Or is that like a speculator thing or what? Make 10 of them or what? Yeah. Is it just because she's like never been released? So people are just being like weird collectors about it and being like, I need to get a Jocasta. I don't know who she is. It could be. I I, I have to imagine that some of the larger toy companies like Big Bad Toy Stores do have a contract deal so they can get like cases of those figures right even though there's a limit of one or two poor two four each on the uh hasbro website because that's what i'm i'm banking i have to bank on for some things because i can't necessarily afford to put the pre-order on right now and i just have to hope that maybe it'll be available at one of these other websites when i do have a little bit more money um because there, uh, there was an exclusive. It was weird. You could only order this if you are a Hasbro Pulse member, mm-hmm. not just through their website. But you have to have a membership, and it's a uh, a recreation of the scene from the Transformers 1986 animated film, where the Quintessons are judging a guy innocent or guilty. Yes. When they say innocent, they kill him. Yeah. And so it comes with like the judge, the victim. A shark decon and the bailiff who they'll never make ever on his own and it's just like i want that set but it's like a 70 dollars set and it, you, i don't want to buy the 50 dollars membership to be allowed to get the set you know okay side note but okay. we have a membership i can um, secure a copy for you i think it's gone now but no thank you. yeah yeah but it is what it is oh, um man. And uh, so that's just that's just the way it is. You but know, that was the I, guys that you were excited about, didn't? Wasn't those? Yeah, yeah. I was. They they might re-release them. That's the trick. It's just it's so weird the the kind of business they're doing because they keep doing like oh it's exclusive for this, but then all of a sudden it pops up everywhere else, and it's like oh whatever, man. I don't know. Well, and with Marvel Legends, there's this thing now, but in the collector community where we're all a little nervous. You see that they made, like, a Falcon, but it was, like, Mm. Ed Brubaker Falcon. But he Uh. could probably be repainted to look like classic, old-school Falcon. Mm -hmm. So are they going to release down the road a classic Falcon? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So do we buy this Brubaker one because it's good right now, even though we don't have a connection to it? Or do we wait and hope that there'll be a repaint later? Yeah. Yeah, I mean... They could always not because there could always be just that weird absence of, of the proper decision behind the scenes. Right. But, I mean, the money is in the in reutilizing molds. Exactly. Um, and, I mean, that's lesson number one from Transformers if they learned anything. Because uh, I have how many versions of the same Optimus? Don't ask me. <laughs> um, well, also, you have guys that come out and then they'll take that mold and they'll make a different type of guy, but he'll exactly. be in a different color, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, so, and I keep keep falling for it. 
the the worst case is always the the seekers the starscream and the other jets because they're all individual people but they're all based off of the exact same sculpt design so every time there's a new reinterpretation of starscream that means they basically got you in for a bare minimum of six other figures um if you're a completist the 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 quick thing i wanted to mention uh, as far as the hasbro con um announcements uh, i think they just made them today is so they're definitely returning to beast wars uh which it's interesting because they're merging beast wars if you're if you're not familiar with beast wars it's when they relaunched transformers and they got rid of all the original generation one concepts and they all turn into animals and megatron is a tyrannosaurus rex who the t-rex head becomes his hand and he talks to his hand and he brushes its teeth and he has a rubber ducky. So you can imagine why I love this so much. Absolutely. Um, but uh, so they're merging those with the traditional G1. So like the the painted art, the battle scene art that they usually include with each series has these characters that have never been together next to each other. Um, but the most horrible thing about that revelation is in the background, there's a giant, giant transformer. And it's just like, who who's that? And it's the Ark, which is the ship that the Autobots were in when they landed on Earth. They are going to release the Ark as a giant Titan-class robot, which means he's going to be a minimum of $170. And I thought I was done with getting those guys. Because what that also means is they'll do it for the Decepticon ship, too, eventually. And it's just like, no, yes, no, yes, <laughs> no. Um, the other weird thing about this wave, too, is that there's going to be fossil tyrannosaurs or fossil uh, dinosaurs. And so, like, there's a velociraptor and there's going to be a couple others where they just look like fossils and then they come apart to become fossil weapons for everybody else. And that's kind of neat. It's really neat. It also is weird. Yes. Uh, it, it looks out of place, but it also is neat because it's fossil robot dinosaurs. So it's like, oh, no, they got me. Yeah. <laughs> Just they unique enough and interesting to be like, ha ha, give me a money. <laughs> sucker. Yeah. Just like, oh, come on. Yeah. Let me Let me go. <laughs> I need to keep some of this money. I know. I mean, I could just say no, but <laughs> uh, no, that's not going to happen. Yeah. <sighs> no, I, I I, clearly have impulse control issues. That's what they should call their next brand relaunch. Hasbro <laughs> Pulse Control. Yes. Impulse control. control. Yeah. Yeah. Issues. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I have a question about yes. the Transformer community. Um, it's based off of the Marvel Legend toy collector community. And my, my question is, and I'll do a little background, but my question is, do people who collect Transformers care about the comics and other media, or are they just interested in the figures? And the reason I ask that is because Marvel Legend collectors stopped reading comics probably in the 90s, and now they're mm. like 30, 40, 50-year-olds, and they are like, I don't know what this is from, but I'm going to collect it. And it's like, well, yeah, because you don't read the comics anymore, and they right. have no idea what these are based off of. Right. I'm sure there's both, um, but I'd say that the comics, it's it's almost worse to a certain degree because 
even though like the Marvel characters have a long continuous history, the thing with the uh, comic transformer history is that they reboot all the time it's gone to different companies it does whatever so you get people who are hardcore about the original marvel stuff or hardcore about the uk marvel stuff specifically because it's a different continuity um so for example one of the big things in the uk transformers was a group called the wreckers which is like the suicide squad for autobots and so there there's a lot of uh toy collector fans who like they'll they'll show their picture and they're like here's my record squad i can finally finish my record squad and it's like oh okay yeah and then there's people who came in during transformers prime there's people that came in during the robots in disguise there's people that are beast wars the P the beast wars people have been suffering because we haven't returned to beast wars for so long and so that's the the interesting thing is there's there's different cycles and different generations of fans and uh, a lot of them will make you know, toy collecting decisions based off of those things. I mean, we had plenty of customers who wanted to get things that connected to the uh, Lost Light uh, run of Transformers from IDW, which is the the, the really innovative, well-written series that uh, introduced a lot of social political elements and a lot of uh, queer identity into the Transformers. So, like, they released one character called Rung, who's never had a toy in his lifetime and they only made him into a tiny little $6 little teeny guy. And it's just like, I will still, I need him. I need that rung, you know? And so the, the, there's such a thing as third party companies that, uh, make basically black market transformers. They're, they're not licensed and Hasbro doesn't usually do anything about it because it doesn't take away a lot of the money from them trying to sue them and hunt them down would cost more money but uh there's some companies that made it a point to design most of their figures based off of that idw run and so you can you can recreate the entirety of that run and it's weird because there's hasbro's not taking advantage of some of this maybe because they don't think enough people are fans of both but like there's characters they introduced in the idw comics that are amazing designs and would sell a ton of figures like they they created a group called the decepticon justice division and uh they're they're basically kind of like the ss for for decepticons they're the worst of the worst uh they've they've yet to make an official toy of those guys and there's like six guys in that group they've actually introduced one into what the the all ages friendly kid cartoon just a little while ago and it's just kind of like huh I'll have to see that at some point to see how they they uh, minimize how terrible that person is. <laughs> um, but so it's like, okay, so we're getting on the verge of some of these these characters being utilized. So yeah, uh, sorry, that was a long tangent, but yes, short short answer to your thing would be uh, the comics do matter. They do matter, but they seem to also be a little niche too, right? Like yes, some yeah. people like certain aspects and so they'll focus on that but they won't necessarily branch out but maybe they will yeah this, so it just, just kind of depends. depends yeah, yeah. it's it, it is different because i think these marvel legends guys it really was like 20 years ago that they read comics for the most part yeah. i mean somebody like uh shardimus prime on youtube he does still read comics here and there but he doesn't keep up with stuff like he's reading he was reading like the dawn some of the dawn of x stuff like house and powers and um mm. 
speaking of that, like the niche, like not really niche things, but like you were saying in that Lost Light run, how there's a lot of cool opportunities to make figures out of out of yeah. the characters there. It's um, William, my husband, has been wanting um, Hickman Avengers figures. You know, like uh. we got an X Nilo, but you know, what if we get a Black Sp- Swan? What if we get an Abyss? What if we get comic accurate uh, Black Order? You know, a bunch of other cool guys there too. And they are actually doing Hickman Dawn of X figures. Like they're yes. doing Professor X, they're doing uh, Magneto. With the white costume. Yeah. yeah. They're doing Moira. Yes, and they're doing Moira, and I guess yeah. she's going to have extra accessories, maybe, so she'll look a little different, because, you know. Yeah. Um, and I, I think it was, I think it was Shardimus Prime, when we were watching a video of his, and he said something like, I guess her power is just to, like, die and be reborn, and I'm like, and remember everything that happened in her last life. It's a kind of yeah. an important part. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, it's a time time altering part, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So so that's pretty cool. It's like they could maybe go back and do those Hickman Avengers at some point if they felt like really fancy, but we won't hold our breath. At least we're gonna get like House and Power stuff because I think uh, there's yeah. a lot of interesting design stuff that Hickman and the artists that he works with uh, create in in those series, and a lot of cool action figure opportunities there. Yeah, and and the chance for them to redo uh, Nimrod. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 Too many toys. Too much <sighs> plastic. Yeah, I'm actually glad that Monster High stopped creating dolls because I think mm-hmm. I I have about eighty and I could still go back if I ever get rich and try to collect <laughs> even more. But it's like I'm actually okay with not not having more dolls come in, especially since our Marvel Legends collection is going to grow exponentially. Uh, every year speaking of growing exponentially in toys we forgot to mention stilt man oh yes so they finally got smart and in that wave they're gonna have army builder uh the hand ninjas mm-hmm. with extra stilts so you can make stilt man <laughs> super tall. dollar and he comes with a little briefcase i love that oh it's so good yeah we're definitely it's so getting perfect that wave. i i would love to just get that stilt man i don't think i need infinite stilts or do i you do. Yeah. We all need we all infinite do. stilts. We also now have a podcast title. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. So, yes. Yeah. That that was good. It was like Hasbro finally got smart and said, oh, we could put extra accessories that you can, you know, you can use in this wave in an army builder where you actually want to buy multiples of that figure. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's really smart. Yeah. I don't. That's such a unique opportunity too. I can't think of too many other things you could do along those lines. Uh, the only other thing I could think of is including like with the army builder figures, maybe including more like uh, blast effects or something like that. Yeah. So yeah, so it's like an just... accessories kind of pack, right? Things yeah. that add. Oh, speaking of accessory packs, sorry, we're almost done with the toy section. No, people. never. <laughs> Hasbro exclusively was selling a figure, which is basically they they took somebody and repainted him, surprise, and they turned him into a drone from one of their old comics, from like the the Dreamwave comics uh, of Transformers, because one of the bad guys had like an army of drones that look kind of like the Cylons from Battlestar Galactica. And they're like, well, okay, we got this repaint and it's a perfect match uh, for the character. We're going to do that. But what else? You know, Dreamwave so long ago now, like, what what extra impetus can we put to make people buy this? 
And so what they decided to do was to make him a accessory pack. And he comes with a tiny Megatron gun so that everybody can hold Megatron. Comes with Megatron's energy mace. He comes with Bumblebee's blaster. Comes with a little uh, mini guy that fits into Optimus's trailer. Comes with Energon cubes. It comes with a bunch of these things. Oh, that's and it's just cool. Like, well, I need Energon cubes. Yeah. I need an Energon mace. I like this guy anyway. Okay. That's I need nice. to get this, you know. So more more accessory pack figures like that that can be army builders um, is a very smart, almost diabolical move. Yeah. Yes, it, I mean, I feel like evil. this has been something that's needed to happen for an extremely long time. Yeah. Um, and I think even in the in the presentation the other day, they said, look, we got smart. <laughs> and it was yeah. like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> please yeah. take all of our money. Yeah, so. Apparently you want to just give us this money. So, uh, OK. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, yeah. yay, they're seemingly doing very well. But uh, boo to us because uh, we can't afford all this crap. Yeah. Oh, okay. One little shady thing that I have to make a remark about. Okay. Okay. So you and I have talked about the toy industry and and how the production is not what it could be. Like pre-orders in comic books are usually to get an initial number and then they go to print. While we think that toy industries, like they've already gotten how many they're going to create and then they do pre-orders on a set number. So it's like... Yeah, and this is speculation on my part, but like oh, yeah, yeah. that's what we think is happening. So there are times when if you don't jump on a toy immediately, you're going to probably lose out and you'll have to go second, you know, second party online through eBay and you're going to pay at least twice what yeah. the normal retail was. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. in the Hasbro PulseCon, they re- are re-releasing a rogue figure on a vintage card. They gave her a new face sculpt. Which is kind of a sourpuss face, I, I must admit. Hmm. But they, but one of the guys, I'm pretty sure it was Dwight. I'm talking to you, Dwight. He said, if you didn't get this figure, well, first of all, shame on you. But now you can get this, you know, figure, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, shame on you. Excuse yeah. me, sir. <laughs> we work very hard to keep up to date on all this information and spend a lot of our time and money. And you say shame on us? For toys. Yeah. For toys that you don't create the right numbers for because you have a weird system that you do. Excuse me, sir. Uh, Suck it. Yeah. Suck it. (laughs) Suck it real good. Suck it long and suck it hard, Trebek. (laughs) So that's my one shady thing because it's just like you are clearly not on the pulse of what. Oh, that's funny. You're clearly (laughs) not on the pulse of how us toy collectors are suffering. (laughs) Yes. Yes, yes. (sighs) Yeah. So anyway, Man. toys are fun and they're pain. <laughs> <laughs> toys and now are fun. I love them. No, Anger. Back to berserk. Yeah. No. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else did I want to mention? Oh, I will mention this super quick. I won't get full into it because you already had to listen to me last week about it. Um, but I did see two movies uh, that I want to mention. Uh, they're both called Meatball Machine. <laughs> Um, the original one is like from 2005 and it's like a Japanese, uh, splatter gore industrial body horror movie. It's ridiculous. It's bad, but it brought me much joy. Pre-warning. It's got a little bit of tentacle stuff in there. Like at the beginning, you're like, oh, there's some tentacles, but then they don't do them that way. You're like, that's good. And then they did them that way real quick. And you're like, ah, 
Oh, oh, we're done. Okay. Yeah. Um, it's like, yeah, just uh, it's it's such a lowbrow uh splatter movie. This like, yeah, that's gonna be a thing. Sure. Uh, the sequel though is its own little magical thing. Um, it's Meatball Machine. Uh, oh crap, I should have written this down. Sadaku, how to whatever. But uh, I th- my best way of describing it was uh, if Hellraiser and Guar had an illegitimate child raised by the Toxic Avenger. And I feel like that's pretty accurate after watching the trailer. It's Meatball Machine Kodoku. Kodoku, okay. Yeah. Um, and it's it's basically if if you. It's kind of like if you were watching Evil Dead, Evil Dead 2, and an Army of Darkness, and you were trying to introduce somebody, and you just skipped Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. If you just went from Evil Dead and went straight into Army of Darkness, there's not that middle ground of being like, hey, we're going to introduce some dark humor here. It's just utterly ridiculous. Um, it, it has some weird things that I'm still trying to figure out what was up with those. Um but it's it's pretty enjoyable, especially if you just like bad B movie splatterhouse crap. I think if um, you like trauma movies, you'll probably yes. like this. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely a trauma send up. Absolutely. Um, but you know, just so that y'all know, it's got uh, plenty of uh, uh, horrible violence, and uh, the second one especially has some some of them their titties. Um, <laughs> so yeah, just like long shots of just some topless women, just yep. like yeah. Yeah, yep, I think yep. I want to skip to the second one because that trailer and that second one just <laughs> yeah, you don't like have so ridiculous. You don't have to watch them in order at all, um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> it's also got an odd soundtrack that I would love to find somewhere. But uh, so yeah, those two I just wanted to knock out real quick, and then I just started watching. Well, I'm almost done. I got two episodes left. Uh, the new series Utopia, which is starring uh, what's his. John Cusack, and it's got Rain Wilson in it. Um, man, I don't know. I haven't. I haven't come to a final judgment yet on this one. It's engaging. I'll say that. Uh, just just a quick summary. There's a graphic novel that uh, people are obsessed with in this world, and some think that there's a conspiracy hidden within the graphic novel that it foretells the coming of certain diseases and uh, the fall of society and a sequel is found uh, like this this uh, husband and wife inherit a home and they they find these unproduced comic books and basically people go into a mad rush to see if they could find if they can get those pages and they can foretell like what's coming into the future but there's a horrible conspiracy that's murdering people who see the book and stuff like that the interesting thing is all the artwork this is what drew me in the artwork for the comic is beautiful it's done by one of the artists that took over the covers of fables after uh john jean james jeans james jeans after after they left and so i just kind of want <laughs> want this comic it, it's yeah it's weird it's hyper violent but it's supposed to be a dark comedy but it's not that funny <laughs> and it still has an engaging idea but also there's these there's some concept gaps that don't make any sense i think because i'm a an ex-comic retailer i'm hung up on one particularly stupid thing which is how did 
how did the first comic get produced? Because apparently the guy who made it was an insane asylum. And it's just like, so how do how how people get the original comic? How it seems like it was mass produced enough to the point where at these comic cons that they make in the in the show, there are, you know, tons of fans who know this thing. So it's it's a bit weird. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Well, this makes me think of something. What if this comic existed in our world? What who would write it? What would it look like? And like, so, so my, my initial thought is like, Alan Moore would probably write this in his castle somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) And he would use his like sex magic and unfortunately something, something would make it like mad, actually magical. And it would be like a mystical comic. (laughs) Yeah. We're in Grant Morrison territory now. That's true. Uh, That's true. It would be like chaos magic, Grant Morrison. Well, it's like a portal to another reality kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know why I'm, I'm just so hung up on this one aspect. I'm just like, <laughs> they, it's like, how did, how, what is the means of production for this comic book? I mean, it's like, okay, it's possible that it just made it online and it became a fan favorite online somehow. Um, that, but the, the film doesn't talk about it because it doesn't matter. It, it exists because the film, the show needs it to exist. Uh, okay, and they so- stopped thinking about it. Somebody got their hands on it, scanned it, it became a webcomic, then, like, just like there's those serial killer fans, those people who, like, write to serial killers in prison, and they're, like, and they try to get memorabilia. It's, like, somebody like that just happened to be, like, a publisher, and they decided that they were just gonna publish this thing and do it to a mass audience, so... Here's the next mental uh, logic gap, though. So, the, the sequel... So dystopia is the first comic utopia is the show we're watching and the, na- the the new unpublished comic there's murderers going out killing anybody who's seen utopia and it's just like so why didn't y'all murder anybody who saw dystopia <laughs> because you wouldn't have a show okay got it <laughs> yeah it's i'm just trying to figure out like what other great ideas could come from that idea? Yeah. It's a really good idea, you know, that conspiracy hidden in a comic. It's just that the only the only other thing that makes any kind of sense is that the people who are hiding the conspiracy want to create confusion and more conspiracies. And that's a, a concept I think that they play with in this is this is an American remake of a British show. And now I really want to see the British show. Right. Um, but I can't find it. And, you know, unless I want to, I need to get a different region DVD and all that to play and all that. Also, it's probably way better probably. than the American version just by default. Yeah. One of the unfortunate things, too, and there was a couple articles that mentioned this. This features a pandemic hitting and children dying at the pandemic and basically the the prediction of all these horrible other diseases and the original british version was done like in 2013 it's like yeah okay that's that's fine for then now is a very unfortunate time for this to be released also because the way that they're reacting to the pandemic the the united states is technically still so much better than the way we are over here um and it's also interesting because they're like 80 people dead and it's like the worst thing ever and it's just like oh <laughs> 80 that's such a nice small number now <laughs> yeah 
Yeesh. You know, so there's an extra level of like about this production. That's <laughs> like read like, the room utopia. <laughs> well, it's like that's not their fault though. I mean, yeah. they this is an old concept, and they went into production like end of 2018, I think. Oh. Um, they they it got halted like it was HBO first, and then they lost the rights, and one of the directors left. Blah 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 blah. So it's just it's the same thing as that uh, hashtag alive movie that I think I talked about a little while ago, where it's about a guy basically in isolation at home because of a zombie plague outbreak. It's just like oof. You want to say read the room, but they made it all in 2019. The room was fine, <laughs> and you got to make your money back at some point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <sighs> I I I love that you just get hung up on these little things where you're like, yeah, 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 conspiracy in a comic book, sure, 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 sure. But like, how was it published? Yeah. <laughs> it's well, I mean, in in the background, to me, it creates a huge logic gap, and I should just let those things go because I let other things go all the time. But yeah, it's still but... if you're getting that specific, yeah, and because the thing is, the the film did or the show did one thing. I'm a little 50-50 on what it was trying to say, where they're at the Comic-Con and one of the conspiracy nuts, the uh, main characters, she goes into the lobby and she sees like a bunch of like the fans talking about it. And she thinks maybe these are the people that I'm friends with on my chat group, the other conspiracy theories, like none of them have met yet. Mm -hmm. And she goes and she talks to them and she sees that they're just a bunch of fanboys. And she bas they go she goes into a rant about... Basically, mouth-breathing nerds that live at home forced the world to take comics seriously so that they could masturbate over it. You know, like that kind of talk. Yeah. You know, where they can have that sense of self-importance. Mm -hmm. And the thing is, there's a part of me that's just like, that is partially true. Mm -hmm. uh, because people can't get over themselves over how important Dark Knight and the Watchmen and are. And Watchmen. Yeah, you got to read Watchmen, man. Yeah, yeah. It's real literature. Yeah. But at the same time, the way this show attacked people it was a little too condescending to me mm. um because the thing is comics are artwork mm -hmm. they're legitimate artwork mm -hmm. so this did this thing of like both it wants to use the medium to tell this story and it also wants to shame the medium at the same time and it's just like you can't have both um yeah. you know it would be nice if you found the balance point you know, other than murdering all those nerds <laughs> that they did later <laughs> on. And, yeah, so it's weird. I don't know. I'll, I'll have a final decision next time we talk. Was this, we'll like, see. created by a woman who was, like, gatekept at a comic book store and was like, that's it, I'm killing all you Watchmen nerds. <laughs> <laughs> then I'd be 100% kind of down with that. <laughs> no, no, it's a bunch of, it's like British guys, you know. Ah. So I don't know. I don't know. It uh, reminds me of the comic, I think Char Charles Soule maybe wrote it, the Mimetic series. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's got mm. kind of a, a level to that, maybe? Mm. No? See, Mimetic got really weird. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Mimetic was basically about people seeing a meme of a sloth. Yes. And then turning into 30 Days of Night, uh, not 30 Days of Night, 28 Day Later Zombies. And then merging into a giant, uh, uh, why am I blacking out on the guy who did body horror? Um, Junji Ito? No, no, the uh, Videodrome. 
video oh, game. Oh, Cronenberg? Cronenberg. Into giant Cronenberg flesh pillars that go into space. I've yet to see flesh pillars in this show. <laughs> okay, fair. That's weird. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's see. Hmm. Who did it? Um, it I was... Need... Oh, oh yeah. James Tinian, the fourth. Ah, the Tinian, yes. The Tinian. Charles was a good guess. Yeah. It's part of the the vault the Voltron that we were making. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Where where we where we there's so many writers that are all like you know they're working at Marvel or they're doing their creator owned thing that all of these writers uh, form pieces of this uh, robot of the industry this Voltron. Yes. Of uh, creatives, so we got like Charles Soule. I guess Colin James Tinney and the Fourth is on there. Might as well. Well, this this is going to be a pretty big. Uh, uh, it's more like Devastator at this point because we got That's so many true. pieces. Oh, because we also uh, had colorists on there, like Tam- uh, Tamron Bonvillon and Jordi Belair. Jordi Belair was definitely on there. Yeah, and uh, Colin Bun. Colin Bun. He, he may have been the head, uh, or Maybe. at least the core, the the chest. Uh, and then the, Matt Kent and um, the other one, Jeff, Jeff Lemire. Lemire. Sorry, <laughs> the other. Sorry, one. Jeff Lemire. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> like they were both vat grown and they were the accompanying twins <laughs> the other the other clone the other know. one yes this is basket case you don't get the, a jeff lemire without a matt kind for some reason <laughs> these are all very good creators that we don't need to take away anything from yeah i'm not trying you're... to be a shit i just no. am a shit so no it's just that you know you we we come to the point where we see their names so often because yes. they're they're the working man of the industry you yeah. know they gotta they gotta pay the bills so you yeah. gotta have 20 titles at the same time um i think and... jim zub should probably be added on there too because that man writes like every D comic and then maybe some marvel stuff and then maybe something else that's kind of like a D comic yeah. Because he likes D&D. <laughs> if these people are all, uh, the Transformer term is gestalts, like the when, when the combiners, I would I would put forth that Umberto Ramos is mm. his own, like, living city. Like, he's <laughs> Omega Supreme. Because that man is a workhorse. Because he can just produce, really? He but... just produces. I mean, when J. Scott Campbell, Joe Madeira, and Umberto Ramos left to do their creator-owned stuff at Image, Cliffhanger Comics. Let's see. J. Scott had Danger Girl. Mm-hmm. Joe Mad had uh, Battle Chasers. And Umberto had Crimson. Mm-hmm. By the time that Danger Girl probably made it to number six or seven, I'm pretty sure that Umberto Ramos was at, like, number 22. You know? Yeah, because uh, isn't there, like, a complete collection of Crimson and it's, like, a pretty big tome? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he just... And then, at the same time, he was doing Spider-Man and other stuff for other companies. You know? <laughs> Where, whereas Joe Mad got a PlayStation and just made it to issue five. You know? And then he hired Adam Warren to do, like, half an issue. And then Battle Chasers just stopped. You know? And then Umberto Ramos is just like, I launched three other companies. See you guys! <laughs> So, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. That's something because, I mean, there's a lot of lazy comic book guys out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's laziness. And then there's also uh, the people who they just can't produce for other re- like sam sam keith like he's trying man he's trying okay but sam keith has a serious like imposter syndrome and confidence issue 
Yes. Like he yes. can't get over himself to produce because he just doesn't think that anything that he produces is good enough. And it's like, you're Sam Keith. Just you're, you're doing Sam Keith. Like no just, one else does yeah. Sam Keith but you. So just do that thing and we'll all be like, yes. Keep Keithing as hard as you can. Yeah, Keith, Keith as hard as you can, man. <laughs> you uh, good. It's okay. <laughs> just keep drawing Max teeth. Just keep going. Oh, yeah. Know. All the teeth. Mm-hmm. Oh, uh, I did also read... I, so I bought this from you, actually. The 5100 book by uh, V. Varik. I completely missed this uh, in the order forms. It came out like the end of 2019. And then when our two stores uh, had to merge because of COVID-19 and we brought over your, your inventory, you had brought this one over. And at some point I came by, I'm like, what the fuck is this and yeah if you didn't buy it i would have bought it because it looked really interesting is why i got it for the store (laughs) so the 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 bad news is that this was all done like in 2016 and it's never continued she's still around as far as i can tell but i think she's working for marvel studios or something Hmm. and so there's no telling if we'll ever get a continuation but the the story is about three boys who uh, three teenagers who die and then one of them gets a halo over his head two get horns and then there's a number and his is 51 and it's how many points you have and if you go under you know if you if you hit zero you're going to hell if you get to 100 you can go to heaven and so they they have the opportunity to work on it one of the boy has like four points and one of them has like 20 or 30 or something and so they go to purgatory or limbo but it's also called hell it's like a different layer of hell and they kind of become uh hell cops and uh <laughs> <laughs> it's hell it's hell cops it's it's a concept i've seen before but she has such a great voice and art style that uh, it really uh brings a lot out of the concept and uh there's there's cool demons and um basically like the main boy his name is sugar was it sugar i think yeah sugar he's the one at 51 he he has a lot of um anxiety and some other issues that he's dealing with and he's gonna have to gonna have to do some hardcore stuff soon to try and make it into heaven so i would recommend this even though we don't know if it will ever continue and um it's really really good yeah, I mean, sometimes the story is still worth reading, even if it never got finished. You know, oh yeah, because you yeah, still yeah, enjoy yeah. the journey of the of the story. You know. Mm. Well, I guess I'll talk about "Don't Call Me Daddy." Ah, okay. <laughs> Which is technically, well, it's in the same universe. It's a one-shot manga, "Boys Love," by um, Garou Kanabi. Okay. And I got it because I I read the first story called "Don't Call Me Dirty." The premise of the the first one is that there's a homeless guy uh, who is coming around. He's a very sweet person, and he actually has a high level of integrity where he's a very honest person. If, like, you know, somebody dropped 20 bucks on the ground, he would pick it up and give it back to the person. And this young gay boy, he is always picking, like, the wrong dudes who are, like, unavailable. They're, like, straight mostly, and so they're kind of, like, not interested but they kind of are and they kind of string him along, that sort of thing. And he's just like, when am I going to find a good boyfriend? And he gets obsessed with this like homeless guy who's coming around his store, who he runs mostly for his dad. 
there's another store next door that is like this old man who's just perpetually asleep and so he kind of helps out that store as well to just keep it running and there's like a gaggle of like little kids who always come around and he and he gives them candy and stuff like that but anyway this this homeless man comes around and he decides to call him Hama I guess he didn't have a name I don't remember but anyway it's like their love story and the thing mm. that was like so weird about that one is it was a really good story throughout but then at one point Hama this guy's pursuing him and Hama is like you know what I'm I I'm not interested you know thank you though but I'm not interested and you never really get like what his sexuality is is he straight is he bi is he is he gay is he asexual like uh, you have no idea where he is on like the sexuality spectrum but then at the end he's just like okay I want to date you let's have sex and then I, that that's the end of the manga and it's just like oh oh, oh okay okay then <laughs> so like don't call me daddy I was like oh, okay well this is the story about that boy's father and the old man who's asleep in the store, his son is like old friends with the dad. Hmm. So it's okay. their love story, right? And they were uh, they were friends when they were younger. And um, actually, I should probably use names because they're all dudes, right? So it's like <laughs> Ryuji. I don't know if I'm I'm doing that wrong. I'm sorry. Is the guy who has the little son, okay. the gay the gay guy from uh, Don't Call Me Dirty, and then um, Hanao, Hane. I shouldn't do this. Maybe name's not the right way to go. Maybe it's not the right way. That's okay. (laughs) So I'll call sophisticated man who is the son of the sleeping man next door. And then grouchy, grouchy guy is Choji's father. Okay. Okay. So grouchy guy had a son with a woman. The relationship didn't work out. Um, And sophisticated guy was like always there. And they were so close, in fact, that um, the son started saying that they were like married. And so sophisticated guy was like, well, this is unacceptable. So I need to like get out of here. And he just like abandons his friend and like goes and gets a job like somewhere else. 20 years later, they reconnect because sophisticated guy's father, who was asleep all the time, was in the hospital. And so he comes back and they reconnect. And, you know, it seems like there's this unrequited love. They all they thought of each other as family. It seemed like. A uh, grouchy guy was going to be like, oh, yeah, I guess I'm gay, which is why these relationships never really worked out and I've never really dated anybody else. Mm-hmm. But it doesn't really do that. It's the, the and I think Don't Call Me Dirty did it a little bit, too, where it's I think it's trying to say like people are trying to come to terms with their sexuality and they don't really realize they're homosexual because they've never really inspected it before. They've just kind of lived their lives and just thought. Ah, things didn't work out, and I don't know. Like, I think that that's plausible. You know, I think people later in life coming out might be like, I wonder why relationships don't work with women, you know, and why I have this really close affinity towards my friend that, you know, I think that's possible. So I I don't want to say that that's just, like, so off base, but at the same time, they go out of their way to make sure that, like, when sophisticated guy tries to make a move on grouchy guy that grouchy guy is like, oh, this is definitely not going to work because I don't like dudes and I'm definitely not taking it in the back. And you're like, okay, okay, so this isn't going to work. And that's kind of sad. You know, they have love for each other, but it's a different kind of love, you know, and family means something different to them. But then, like panels later, grouchy guy, who's like, I'm totally straight, just pops a boner when sophisticated guy kisses him. And he's like, guess we should have sex now. And it's like, what? 
<laughs> I'm sorry, what? I mean, people could change their mind. I guess, but it's just, I guess it's, <sighs> I guess it's just in the way that it's written and the way that um, the panels are laid out, the composition, all that kind of stuff, where uh-huh. it just makes it really awkward. And it makes it, it, it's like you buy into, okay, this is not going to work. That's sad. But okay. Hmm. And then it just turns. It feels inconsistent. Yeah, it's inconsistent. It it, yeah. it it leads you one way and then immediately takes like a sharp right turn. And you're like, okay, so now I have to believe this, even though you just sold me on this. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And I did have trouble reading it. I had to like reread a chapter or two sometimes because I couldn't quite tell who was talking. And it was a little bit convoluted the way that people would talk, where they would... They'd be very vague about what they were talking about, or they'd be, like, talking around a thing, you know? Or there would be, like, different panels where they'd be showing somebody, but then someone else would be talking. And a lot of times, like, in manga, they'll show, like, little people's heads or something like that to try to help when they're doing something like that. Right. In case you can't get the voice very well. But they were just a bit more uh, messy about it? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, as much as I liked the concept of these two books, I don't know that I would read anything from this creator again. They don't stick the landing. They don't stick the landing. And it's unfortunate because uh, I really like the idea of of these stories of like older people like coming out or coming to terms with their sexuality and finding family. You know, it's a beautiful concept. And like the Don't Call Me Dirty having this uh, a different uh, story about homeless person, you know. What if what if the series continued, but they kept calling them like, don't call me tomorrow. (laughs) (laughs) Don't call me while I'm having lunch. Ooh, don't call me while I'm having lunch. I like that one. Don't don't. And then finally, it just is like, don't call me. Don't call me. The last (laughs) chapter. And then then the final. No, the final chapter is just called don't. (laughs) (laughs) Just don't. Just don't. And yes. it's it's just continues on with you know further people. I don't know. I don't know how much we can milk that situation. Well, there's plenty. That's of what he said. Other, but, um, <laughs> there's plenty of other characters. Like in "Don't Call Me Daddy," there's like a gay doctor who's like really creepy. Like I think he's supposed to be overly confident, but he's like pursuing sophisticated man so hard where it's like kind of harassment. Where gotcha. you're like, dude, calm down. Gotcha. Like, I know you have a daddy issue and you want an older man, but, like, you need to chill. So they There's... could focus on him, like, don't. <laughs> don't. <laughs> Just don't. Don't sexually harass me. <laughs> yes. Does it does it feel like, is it is most of the problems in the execution? Or do you think this is just, this is somebody's fan fiction that we're just not in tune with? <laughs> I, I, I would say that it's execution uh, okay. mostly because mostly. I feel like... The person's heart is in it, you know? Okay, okay. I can feel like they care. It's not like they're just bad and they don't understand things. <laughs> it could also be, like, maybe translation wasn't as good, too. Mm. Um, it, it could be some of it. I, I, I don't know. I'd rather give them the benefit of the doubt because I think they had their heart in the right place. But, yeah, I mean, if this was, like, fan fiction, they just, like, had some neighbors, you know, in their apartment next door. And they're like, what if that sophisticated guy had a best friend that he was estranged from for 20 years? 
and he's just and they're just like yes this is great and the guy oh and the guy has a son and they were like a family and oh but things went bad he was he wasn't sure about his gayness and so he had to run away i like the idea that this whole series is basically one person in their apartment is watching all of their neighbors in the apartment complex (laughs) and they're like what if that person worked at an aquarium with the octopuses But really, 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 really was in love with the guy working with the sea otters. (laughs) But the sea otter person, mm -mm, they're all about the birds or something. (laughs) The waterfowls. The waterfowls. They got those at the aquarium, don't they? Yeah, sometimes they do. Yeah, there's a bird section at the aquarium. <laughs> but just just an entire manga series about this person's like everybody else in the apartment complex, but they're put into these weird Pretty much. Weird and positions. they're like, Yeah, and that young guy who I'm pretty sure is gay, but he's so obnoxious, you know, he never puts his trash in the right bins, you know. I bet he's a really pushy guy when it comes to romance, so uh, he's gonna try to go for sophisticated <laughs> guy and you know, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, actually, that would be pretty adorable if somebody was just in their apartment making fan fiction of their neighbors. They have one of those, uh, like, cork boards where all the pins and pictures are in. Yes. And the strings are attached leading to other people. Yes. Yes, Yes, that that would be very cute. I would enjoy that. (laughs) Uh, Nice. Oh, well, they tried. They tried, and I I don't fault them for trying. It's just, uh, it's good to know sometimes when things don't work. And maybe they'll maybe they'll grow as writers. Uh, I think their art style's you know pretty cute, so I don't feel like they need to necessarily do anything with that. Just you know maybe tighten up their their writing game a bit. You know. Maybe they just gotta lose the negative attitude, and it's do call me daddy. You know. <laughs> you put that positive spin on things. You know. Do, do call, call me dirty. Me dirty. Yeah. Do call me daddy. <laughs> do call me. <laughs> and then and then there's a spin-off series that's like the unsure version. It's like maybe call me daddy. <laughs> call me maybe? <laughs> unsure. Yeah. <laughs> call me maybe. Yeah. Well, how are you feeling? What is <sighs> I feel okay. I just, you know, not a lot of fan fiction. I mean this was this was a pretty good one, but yeah, 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 I think we got a couple things in there. Yeah. You know, we definitely got uh, uh, the stilt. I already forgot the title. Thank God we recorded this. <laughs> it's a good thing we wrote this down. But uh, okay, then. Well, I think we should call it. If you are at all interested in reading my random rants, you can find me at trustyhenchman.com. There's a link there to my Patreon. It is uh, for $3 a month. You get a weekly newsletter. There's tons of content, I like to think, in those newsletters. There is. And you also get, you know, me pointing out upcoming comics and and highlighting things. And then, you know, there's different tiers, but $3 gets you quite a bit of content. Yeah, so please check that out. You can follow me on all the uh, other social medias, the Twitters, the uh, Instagrams, and uh, that's all under Trusty Henchman. And uh, yeah, I think it's just time for our awkward goodbye. <laughs> uh, bye. Bye? Bye? Bye. Oh. oh. Bonus content. Bonus Never content. use the previews application ever. Oh, yeah. I've had three months of dealing 
with this crap. <laughs> it's a long story, but it's painful. <laughs> save save that hatred and uh, we'll we will uh attack attack it with hate next time. Yes, okay, good. <laughs> okay. And on that note, uh, goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>